I'm going to read out a little bit from a prophecy that we were talk, we've been talking about by Graham Cook. I referred to it last Sunday evening. I'm going to refer to it again. It says, says this. Just let this. This is we're continuing on. All right. This is not. This is a continuation, not a stop. It's a, it says this is what God says. Therefore, I am. Who is the I am? God. I am is calling you up and out from your fear and your weakness, from your unbelief and your poverty spirit. And it goes on to say this, in this day, your traditions will be overwhelmed by my presence. Okay, in this day, your traditions will be overwhelmed by my presence. That's a good day. Traditions aren't necessarily bad, but being overwhelmed by the presence of God is better always preferable and then it goes on to say this this is this is something that's really profound it says is it God talking the power of my identity so the power of my identity shall overwhelm your earthbound theology okay I'm going to read that again the, the power of my identity shall overwhelm your earthbound theology. What, what does earthbound theology mean? That's a good question, I guess. Well, I would suggest to you it means an understanding of God that doesn't actually include the realities of heaven. It's existing in an earthly way with an understanding of God without any great expectation of, of God breaking in and intervening. Maybe occasionally, but actually that's... He isn't the God of occasionally, he's the God of I am. He, he always is. And he is here. He's with us. And, and in this prophecy also, he's talking about actually us getting rid of a, a visitation mentality and living with a habitation mentality. Uh, if you weren't le- here last Sunday evening, then you can catch up with it on the, on the website. Uh, the recordings are there. If you're new to Eastgate, then I'll try and give you an understanding of what's going on. But we're, we're, we're in a momentum at the moment. Some, God is d- definitely doing and releasing something. <coughs> And uh, I want to explain some stuff to you. Um, I have I, I, no idea how we're going to sort of progress through this. It's going to be interesting. So, um, but I just want to say that God is I am. He is the great I am. And uh, it says this, he's calling us up. And I want you to get this sense of calling up. And uh, in one of the epistles it talks about live up to your calling. Live up to your calling. Well, your calling is, is to be seated with him in heavenly places and, and live from that position. And our calling is not, is not to be grasshoppers. Our calling is to be giants in the land. And, and we, need, we need to get our view of ourselves by God's definition of us. And his theology is the correct one. And we need to get our definition of who he is by his definition of who he is. And uh, I do love the song, um, uh, he's a good, good father, that's who he is. You know, it talks about, uh, I've heard many stories of what people think you're like. And there, there's a lot of ideas about what God is like, what his character is, but actually the, the true definition of God is, is, is his. He is who he says he is, Jesus used to say, I am this, I am, I am, I am. <coughs> And he is in infinite and eternal reality. 
but he's calling us up and we are being changed into his likeness with ever increasing glory so, so the image that we have for us as Christians is to be like God not God, we won't be God but to be like God on planet earth <clears throat> to actually do his work and, and the definition of what his work is, is, is again it's his and, then, and Jesus said in John 14 verse 12 if anyone has faith in me they will do the works I've been doing and even greater works than these. So, so just ask yourself a question, little question. Have you got faith in Jesus? If you haven't, then we, ne- we need to have a conversation afterwards and we can sort that out, if you like. But actually, if, you, if you're here and you know you, you, you're a Christian, you're here to, and you love worshipping God, you like the concept of God, and even if you're not quite sure what's going on, this is, this is what the Bible says. Jesus said this. <clears throat> Anyone who has faith in me will do the works I've been doing and even greater works than these. Is that amazing? That's your calling. That's the calling. But, <clears throat> but before you work it out on planet Earth, you have to be called up, which is your rightful place. You're seated with Him in heavenly places. And that's the view that we need to, to exercise when we're looking at the world. Earthbound theology is, is stuck with earthly problems and trying to find earthly solutions. And it can, it can be very caring, it can be very well-meaning, um, but it is very limited. And um, one of the best examples I've got of this was a few years ago, a friend of ours, um, she broke her ankle uh, really badly. Um, and uh, <clears throat> she had just started a new job the week before and she was the major uh, wage earner in her family. She didn't have any security of, of job income. Um, because of this new job and um, she was unable to go to work she had so much pain it was very difficult for her she couldn't, couldn't drive couldn't walk on it it was, it was constantly constant severe pain not just a little bit of pain but and you know and she was part of the church and the church swung into action which was great so um, started to make sure her family was provided with uh, food and, and support and care she was given lifts to hospital appointments and stuff like that and this is good. All, all this stuff is great. It's what, what we could offer in an, uh, with an earthbound reality. But we're not limited to earthbound. And so this lady came on one Saturday morning, um, probably about a week or so into this, this problem. And she walked in through that door over there into the auditorium when the healing centre was on on a Saturday morning. Through that one there. And, and as she walked in, immediately her ankle went ice cold. And cut a long story short, she was immediately healed. And the reality was, and I'll talk as a medical doctor, that, that her ankle had been declared that it would never get properly well. It was going to be it was such a bad break, it would never be restored. She was always going to have a problem with it. Um, she was in this agonising pain. Her, ice, her ankle went completely ice cold, pain disappeared. And then she went back to the hospital and it was completely, completely healed. Then she, w- she went back to, to work the next week. Now that is the best way that you can care for somebody. See, earthbound theology would have, would have made sure we provi- We would have been nice. We would have been kind. We would have provided meals. We would have lifts and all that sort of stuff. But actually, without the heavens reality, we are limited. And God wants to break us out of any earthbound thinking. We need to be thinking uh, with our, our heavenly mindsets. You know, that's what Jesus talked about in the Lord's Prayer. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> okay. And God's not surprised by anything. That, that he sees it all. And he's more than able to, to, to deal with it. And 
If you're a Christian, it's really important to understand you, you have the Holy Spirit inside you and he is God. I know this is very simple theology, but it's very profound. That if you have God inside you, then I think that changes everything, doesn't it? I think it pretty certainly does. I'll be, you'll be hard to convince me that doesn't change everything. And I'm glad I learned that reality actually when I was born again, born again at the age of 16. And I thought, wow, you get God to live inside you. That's kind of cool. Surely that changes everything. And then we li- line our expectations up of, of everything in accordance with that reality that God is with me. He's Emmanuel, God with me. And his power is at work in me and through me. He's not just for me, he's with me and, and he's working through me. And so increasingly what I want you to do is expectation of, not of your personal life but also a corporate life because it's really important that we, we interpret I'm calling you up not just as individuals but, but us together. And this is something I think we, we need to be clear about. I think we've got a bit of a battle on our hands to break through individual thinking and to, to, to adopt corporate thinking because most of us when we read you we interpret it as me rather than we. And God is calling us up. Us up. And, and this is really important. That God is coming back for a bride of which we all take part in. He's not coming back for billions of brides. He's just coming back for one of which we all get to play a part. He's coming back for an us, not, not a me. He's coming back for a body in which we... we, we, we we are his body, you know. We are his body expressing him on planet Earth and everybody gets to play a part of it. And, um, and I think this is one of, the, one of the things that we need to, to have a look at. Um, I've just jotted down here. I think earthbound theology centres around earthbound problems, disappointments, human wisdom and inability to see into the unseen realms. It's a thermometer rather than a thermostat. And... It's okay to be able to take the temperature of a room, but if it's cold, you want to do something about it. Yeah, no. It's cold in here. Well, put the heating on. Yeah, but you don't understand it's cold. Well, I understand it's cold. I'm sensible to do something about it. Oh, but you don't understand it's cold. And you've got heating in your house. Oh, well, you don't understand it's cold in our house. Do you understand this is a crazy crazy we have something inside us that is powerful to, to, just to be those who take the temperature of, of, of society the temperature of the room is, is crazy and if we're fearful about it as well that's, that's also crazy, crazy. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in society at the moment you know there's a lot of stuff going on ethics issues this that and the other and, and, and there's a lot of people getting quite you know um, What's the right word about it? Stirred up about the sort of things. I, I, I love to understand it. I teach ethics. I, I have done for the best part of 30 years now. And I like to understand what's going on in the world. Not because I want to become fearful of it, but I just want to be informed. So that's, I know what I'm aiming at. That's, that's taking the temperature. But that's, that's not it. I'm not worried about the temperature. I know that, now I know what I'm aiming at. Yeah. And so that there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff around all sorts of issues, ethical issues and... I find Christians getting kind of worried about it. Well, that, that, once you start to worry, you, you're already not moving in the power of the Spirit. Being informed is good, but actually being worried is not. Worrying doesn't help. That's, that's earthbound, is what I'm telling you. It's, worry is just a, worry is definitely an earthbound idea. God, God's not up there saying, oh man, I didn't see that ethical issue coming. That's one of those issues. That, wow, that, ooh, goodness me, that's got some tricky stuff going on down there. No, it's not. 
he's, he's not it's not he's unconcerned you know God loves the world therefore he did something and we need to love the world enough to do something but actually what we need to do is, is actually love it and move out in power and demonstrate the goodness of God um, now on uh, Thursday here um, in worship of uh, the day school um, uh, something unusual happened um, now I think day, daytime school is, is unusual anyway um, in, the, <laughs> in the sense of it is, it is very, it's quite a high, high octane environment um, and uh, we, we, with a lot of expectation um, and so when I say unusual I think mm, really unusual um, and it's my privilege to be part of that most weeks and it's, I just love being part of, of that school environment it, it's, for me it's, it's the most effective disciple making tool that we've, we've, we've come across is, is the two days a week together going on a journey together very much an us not a me and uh, discovering how great God is and then actually put that together and our times of worship are, are usually pretty um, experiential is probably a good way of putting it I think that God isn't a theology that you just think about he's a, he's a reality to be experienced and I believe that worship should always be an experience of God not, not, not just a talking or singing about him Singing about God is, 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 is okay, but actually I want to be with him. I want to encounter him. And the Bible's quite clear that if I draw close to him, he'll draw close to me. That sounds like an encounter. And how do I draw close to him? Well, I enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. So, so, so as, I, as, I, as I worship, I, I expect an encounter. It, it, you know, that always. I, I never, never think that I'm going to draw close to God and he's going, he's going to sit at a distance, you know, applauding or judging my worship. Yeah, if you if you if you go into a time of worship and say, "Oh, that wasn't a very good time of worship," uh, guess whose fault that is? <laughs> it's, it's not the worship teams, or whatever you like to call them. You are your own worship team, or you should be. So, so when I, <laughs> I always expect him. So, and what I've learned to do over the years, I've learned to to keep my eyes open and see what he's doing because that's what Jesus did he, he, saw what he, saw, he did what he saw the Father doing so that ability to be able to see in the Spirit is really important and it's one of the things I want to try and help you understand so, so tonight when we came in here I thought, oh, okay, God, 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 God got here early he normally does actually and, and, and so we thought we are going to have some fun pray for the worship team and bam off we go I think, oh, that, well we've already started the meeting doesn't start when the music starts. It starts as soon as we actually get here because I'm meeting with God. That's, that's the point. If you, if you come in wondering when it's going to start, it, it should have already started in you before you get here. You should be bringing your goodies rather than waiting for something to happen. So en route, you should be, wow, God, wow. You, you, you should see what I'm bringing to this meeting tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm so fired up by God, I can't wait to get there and... Let's put, let's build a fire together. Does that sound like fun? Rather than sit there passive. Oh, I didn't like that song. Oh no, no, I'm not sure about. Oh, well, no words. No, I didn't understand that. Ah. Didn't have song songbooks in the New Testament though. Useful, but not necessary. Anyway, on Thursday I was looking around, seeing, and usually I look up. It usually helps look at what's going, God's doing with people, but I look up to see above that, and um, I can normally often I can quite often see a canopy um, across the whole room, um, 
which is like a, like a, a, a sort of a drape, but it's also a bit like a cloud. And, and when I see that, I know, okay, wonder what God's doing with it. And sometimes it stays up there, um, and I then know that actually he's probably doing something that's a corporate, but sometimes it actually I see it coming down, and it comes down, and it rests on everybody individually. And if you imagine this, it, it takes their shape as, it, as it, it literally envelops them, and then I know he's doing something that's much more individual. So yeah, that's how I discern whether it's mainly, you know, and it could be both, corporate, individual, you can change around. So I'm used to seeing this, but when I, when I looked at the ceiling on Thursday, I, it was fuzzy. Now, if you say, well, what did you see? I said, I could see the ceiling, cause I, I, but I can see it in the spirit. It was fuzzy, and I was thinking, okay, that's interesting, what's going on? And it was like, it wasn't a drape, it was like there was a sort of a bits of wispy cloud here that was starting to... Um, yeah, it was difficult seeing through all of it up to the ceiling. Then as I looked at that, it just got thicker. I think, okay, good. Cloud. Cloud's here, that's good. Now, now what does the cloud mean? Well, the cloud, if you, it can mean all sorts of things, but primarily when you look at the Bible and you study it, if you want to do a, a word study on this, it's really about the presence of God. And when, when he is visiting his people in a very specific way, and you find it when they... When they uh, consecrated the tabernacle when they concentrated the, t- the Temple of Solomon. Obviously, they had a cloud uh, of, of, of fire and a uh, cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night in all the travels of the, the Israelites when they come out of Egypt. Imagine that. Would that be cool? Would you? I just, I love, you know, I love to see that. Would you, would you like to experience that? Not so much the tent for forty years, but the, 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 the actually open the tent flat and think, oh wow. Would you think that'd be enough? Do you think that would stop you wanting to go back to Egypt? Well, yeah, seriously, not enough. People still needed to do the stuff in their brain. But, but the cloud is, is basically a demonstration um, of, of God. And actually, in, in various places, it talks about God sitting in the cloud and talking from it. And actually, in the New Testament, actually, that, that, you know, God speaks through the cloud to, to Jesus, his son. So often, there's the activity in the presence of God, usually in a, in a powerful and manifest way. So I think, okay, well, that's good, God. And then I thought, well, okay, oh, goodness me. And I started to be able to see, see through the roof in, into the cloud. And as I saw, this cloud was gathering, and it started to get thicker and thicker and thicker. And then it started to form itself into what is a, a thundercloud, or cumulonimbus is, is the technical term if you want to know oh, wow and it did pretty quickly and I saw this thing and they're, they're, they are extraordinary clouds um, I don't know much about them but they, they, they create their own sort of almost like weather systems within them um, and they're the, they're the powerful clouds they're storm clouds that's where tornadoes form and things like that so um, and so as I saw this and, and I thought oh and what happens if you get caught up in one of those it's actually got an updraft it's got, a, it's got a thing that if you go in one of those, um, that's why planes don't go in them. I was actually researching this a bit more this afternoon, why planes don't fly, in, or they try not to fly in those sort of clouds. It's not a good idea um, for various reasons. One of them is that you, well, you've got lightning going on inside there, which is interesting. Um, but it's got an updraft. It just takes it right up, and it, it, the air is taken up. It, it, and, but as it goes up, it's got all this water vapour in it, and as it gets up, eventually the water vapour starts to, to, to form into to droplets. Yeah, and the droplets start coming together. And once the droplets get large enough, then they actually fall. That's the picture. And in the middle of all this, you've got lightning going on. Anyway, I could see all this happening. As I was looking at this, I think, oh, that's weird. 
That's all. No, I've not seen anything quite like that, that before as I've been looking. Okay, what do you want to do? And then ask, because it's all right seeing something. We didn't have to ask, well, what, 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 what's going on? And I felt God uh, very specifically wanted to release a corporate anointing upon the whole of those in, in the day school um, of a very powerful and significant manner. And I thought, well, how am I going to do that? Because I'm used to praying for individuals uh, and and also, actually, I can pray over a crowd and see God's stuff. But this was very specific, so I, I was talking to God about how he did it. And he, and he showed me basically sort of, the, sort of what I call the catalytic people that I gathered in a little crowd in that sort of area just around here, over here. And, um, and I just put them, put them in there, that region. One or two of you are here. Didn't tell them what was going on, because I don't like to auto-suggest. I don't, it's really important that this is God doing it, not me suggesting it. Does that make... Oh, oh, that is really quite important. I put them there and didn't tell them what was going on, and then they started to go, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Lightning was starting to flash between them. Um, and, and then the activity of God was so evident here that actually other people started to come towards it. It was it's interesting. The students thought, I see, because basically we teach them, if they see God doing something, go to it. So, so they, they attracted people to it. And as that happened, you started to see this build. And what I saw then was actually like, this was like a cloud that was starting to rise up into the... Heaven is. Kind of cool. Kim. <laughs> this is a little leading. Kim feels stirred to say something about day school right now. So, And this will be an appropriate moment. I think this God's on this, okay? Um, right, if you have ever done day school, if you're on day school now or ever done day school, I want you to stand and keep standing because you're releasing the power of God. Whoa. Wow. This, this, today, when I was in worship this evening, I just felt the hunger, the power of God, the presence of God. And it, it, is, it just reminded me of Thursday and Friday mornings, every, each day. So day school is all day Thursday, all day Friday, 9.30 to 5.30. And we start with an well, hour and a quarter, hour and hour, hour and a quarter, sometimes more of worship. And uh, I just want to, wow, I just want to invite you to, to uh, think about coming on that journey. Every week we start with sharing the good news. This Thursday there was half an hour of sharing the good news. There are testimonies of miracles absolutely every week. Miracles of healing, miracles of provision, miracles of um, relationships being healed, uh, miracles of people hearing supernaturally from God and um, happening out on the streets. And it's an amazing place to be. You can come and do a taster day on a Thursday um, if you write in, if you get one of these, you were born for the impossible from the welcome desk over there. There's the address, which is ESSL, Eastgate School of Spiritual Life at eastgate.org.uk. And you can write in and you can come and do a taster day on a Thursday. There aren't that many Thursdays that are sort of normal Thursdays that this, this year, because we finish in May. Um, 
So do I just want to invite you to come on that opportunity of a taster day, to partake on what Pete's been talking about, what these guys have, um, have experienced. And there are miracles of provision of people being able to go part-time, of people being um, provided for financially, um, all kinds of miracles. Chat to these people afterwards. Ask them what their journey has been. And you can come and do a taste a day. Just write in and ask. Okay. Good. So this is the 10th year we've been doing day school. Um, and it's not, it's, it, you know, it's, it's good, but it's all good. But actually, there's something about it that the reason we started day school um, goes back to an angelic encounter that, that, that Kim had um, in 2009 and also a prophecy that was given to us and a very clear calling to create beachheads for freedom and uh, when the work, and God told us to, to start the, the day school and that's why it just has heaven's anointing on it and it's because God called us to do it um, and so, so on Thursday this happened this start happened and then we just let it, let it run and um, so so who was here on Thursday evening okay so who wants to give a testimony of what you experienced Liz, you want to come up? The reason I'm doing this is because I believe God said it wasn't just a one-off, that this was something that you can, this is a bit of a movement that you can enter into. Okay, so that's why I want to get you ready and expectant for what's going to happen in a few minutes. Um, it was very corporate. There was something so powerful on being connected together, and actually, even tonight, that sense of being connected together, it really wasn't about you. Um, and I did tell Pete that God was talking to me about upgrading, changing the, the vessel. So, for, you know, the sense of submarine to um, aircraft carrier, which again is about corporate working together, serving together. And Pete also talked to me a little bit about the fact that um, even the aircraft carrier never runs on its own. So for me, it was so powerful about us being together, serving together in, in, uh, and, and upgrades as well. So as we were meeting in that little group there and it started to increase, there was this interaction going on between each one of us as corporately we were coming together and, and Holy Spirit was beginning to move and that, there was an kind of exponential increase in power that was continuing to happen as we partnered together with what God was doing. And it was something that we saw actually, I was very aware of, of actually there was a change that happened in people from that moment onwards that carried on from that point into the day, but into the days that followed, that actually there were people carrying something from heaven that was a, a, a massive increase in what they were carrying before that. There was a release of what God was doing through them and through them corporately because of what God was doing. So there, there's something really significant this evening, even as we were, we were praying earlier on in the room and, and, and I was going over there, there was, I felt like there was this updraft in that part of the room. There was this drawing up and a couple of other people came along and said, what's going on in this side of the room? There's something of God's promise in that. There's an expectancy that we can step in to what's been experienced, that actually it's a promise. Yeah, do it again, God. There's something, there's a momentum. Brilliant. <clears throat> the, 
so what I saw in the spirit was then people being called up. And it's true. I prayed. We were laying our hands up, hands up, and I prayed for many of you. Will know Vicky Shorts, and I said, and she was already encountering God. And I laid hands on her. And she said it, it felt like immediately she was just suddenly lifted up. And she couldn't explain it, not not physically, but she just said there was nothing she could do to stop it. It just got some take up, and then actually she had a, a heavenly vision, um, which has actually been really helpful in helping us just process some of this stuff, um, and. Uh, again, we, uh, you have moments in God, which you have to discern whether they're just moments that, that you, 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 know, you, you pass through or whether they're actually moments that create momentum. And I felt this was something that, where God was creating momentum and that, 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 that something is happening. And, and I think it lines up with the, um, the prophecy that, that we're, we're just looking at at the moment. I think it lines up with a lot of other stuff that, that God is, is stirring um, in us. I think we've talked about it at the beginning of, of the year that, that we were actually basically aiming these Sunday evenings to be like the, the R&D department of, of Eastgate very clearly putting them with, with a lot of apostolic and prophetic activity which are basically uh, heavenly minded Okay, so, so breaking out of any earthbound mindedness now heavenly minded with a view to actually changing the earth now this is the picture I want to get I want you to think about getting caught up together in like, almost like a vortex of heaven that will take you up and as you go that there, something will happen because it, what happens in that cloud is things start to come together and then if something gets released that then hits planet earth with power okay so individually a little bit of power but if you get caught up if we get caught up together in what God is doing then he's going to release something that is literally going to change the, the, you know, the landscape just as it is happening right now, has been happening last weekend, this weekend. I don't, you know, I don't hear me. I don't rejoice in the problems that people are facing. Uh, in actual, but I, I believe we should be the ones who stop these storms. And I've been praying about that. You know, we need to be. We should be able to stand in, in, in the gap and stop those happening. But if you take it as a spiritual analogy, then take it as a spiritual analogy of, of what can happen. And here's some here's some verses from Revelation. It says. Um, then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies looked on. How about that? I don't know what enemies you're facing right now. Would you like them to look at you going up there and think, oh my goodness, we're in trouble now. <laughs> that would be a good day. Rather than, yeah, are you facing your enemies? Well, if you just face them here on earth, they're going to look pretty powerful. You get caught up there, they're looking on the thing in, man, we're, we're in trouble now. That's a heavenly perspective. We've got to get beyond this powerless Christianity mentality. We are powerful people with a powerful God, and our enemies will, will, will tremble before our God. Yeah? I think I, I said, well, I did say it last week, I know I did. I said, I'm not afraid of demons. And actually, this, this, I had lots of times of worship this week, and in one of them, I was, I was just drawn to pray for somebody. Um, and uh, somebody was a visitor to Eastgate, and I've drawn to him and said, Do you mind if I pray for you? And I just wanted you know, him to receive the Holy Spirit and whatever God doing. I had nothing specific on my mind, I just need to pray for him. And as I pray for him, this would be his testimony, he basically got set free from a lot of stuff which was oppressing him. Without me trying, he just died. Why? The enemies will not withstand 
the power of God. They simply cannot do it. And then um, Revelation 14, 14. I looked and there before me was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was one like a son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, take your sickle and reap because the time to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Now that also lines up with what we're talking about. When Kim and I had these heavenly encounters back in 2009, they were linked in to prophecies that date back to the 1970s of, of a harvest of a billion souls. And there's a lot of talk about that going on now. Um, but if we want to do that, then I honestly believe we have to have a heaven, heavenly mindset because trying to preach the gospel without the power of God is a thankless task, in all honesty. You know, it, it's a tough task, we'll put it that way. But it's, you know, with the power of God, it says it here, harvest is right. Whew. So he was seated on a cloud, swung his sickle, over the earth and the earth was harvested (laughs) that'd be cool eh if we really love the world we need to learn how to move in power when um, when the cloud of God arrived in the Old Testament in particular it was was quite common for people to be un completely overwhelmed and unable to do stuff um, it's like in, in Solomon's temple the priests couldn't get in tabernacle the same Moses is used to, used to you know, meeting with God face to face in the tent of meeting when the tabernacle is, when the cloud comes down on the tabernacle even Moses couldn't get into it what I'm telling you is that, that whatever level of, of Christian experience you've had up until this moment in time God wants to surpass it Okay, so, so please do not judge. This is going to, it's a really important word. Do not judge people by your current and past experience. Do not judge God by it. All right, He is bigger than you are. He's bigger than anything you've experienced up to this moment in time. Therefore, it will surprise you. Now, if if if, <laughs> if you want to stay in control of all this, you won't. You cannot stay in control of a thundercloud, but you do have you, what you do have control over is yourself and your choices of what, how much you choose to enter in. And like I said to the students on Thursday, this isn't for the faint-hearted. And it, it doesn't mean to say all the, all the enemies disappear. It doesn't mean to say we won't be in battles, but it will actually equip us for the battles. So just get yourself ready. However is appropriate to you right now, start to interact with God. Because in a moment I'm going to start to activate some stuff. All right? I have no idea how long this meeting is going to go on for. Right? So. And I don't care. <laughs> I, want you, I want you to... Make the choice, and I, I can't make it for you, of whether you want to put yourself in that cloud right now. God is real. He's here. We need to put our expectations in accordance with that. But even our expectations will be limited, because he will do far more than we ever ask or imagine.
We didn't manufacture what happened on Thursday. We just entered into what God initiated. I couldn't have made that happen, but I can actually enter in. I can choose to enter in to what I see him doing. Like what he is doing, I choose to get involved with. Now, if, you're, if you have done or are in day school and you're capable right now, I'd like you to come and gather in that part of the room over there. <laughs>